But mm-hmm. once I started using this, everything is in one place. Yeah. All my tasks are in one place. All my um, project plans are in one place. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Shoti Koka of Data Chronicle. Joe and Shoti met many moons ago at a local networking event and more recently Shoti kindly asked, asked Joe to speak at Folkson Digital about productivity. Shoti is the founder at Data Chronicle where he is responsible for strategy and marketing services. On a mission to help people use digital tools to tell their stories, he's focused on creating engaging experiences, producing visual content and marketing strategies. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Shoti Koka of Data Chronicle. Welcome Shoti, great to have you with me. Hi Joe. how are you doing, you alright? Yes, good, thanks. I'm looking forward to this interview because I did. Uh, I spoke at an event you organised a while ago and all the stuff that I said that I do and all that sort of thing, every time I said, put your hand up if you put your hand up to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Someone actually kind of elbowed me in the side and called me teacher's pet actually <laughs> during that talk. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to stop putting my hand up now. <laughs> Brilliant. So I'm looking forward to some some gems on today's interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, cool. So, um, start by telling us a bit about you, what you do, and where you do it. Um, my name is Shoti. I run a business called Data Chronicle, that is an infographics and visual communications agency. Basically, we work a lot of a lot with information and data, and we love to visualize information. We basically turn information into pictures so that people can understand information quickly and easily. I live in Folkestone in Kent. Um, I'm a Londoner, but I am now becoming a Folkestonian, <laughs> if that's even a <laughs> phrase. And um, yeah, that's what I do. Lovely. And you're a personification of one of those jobs that we didn't know existed when we were younger um, and has sort of come along as part of the whole digital transformation piece, I guess, particularly around things like infographics. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, the the word infographics is kind of a bit of a novelty word, kind of a kind of a digital word, that kind of thing. But basically, people have been uh, consuming and looking at infographics since the dawn of time. Really, uh, infographics can be really complicated, or they can be really simple, as simple as the stop sign on the side of the road, or you know, some of the earliest examples of infographics go back to earliest cave paintings where people would you know stick their hands in um, dye or I don't want to sound macabre, but blood, and then print it on the inside of the caves. Those are infographics. So people would paint horses the same way. So infographics have definitely been around for a long time, and it's just got a new revamped name for the modern digital age. Ah, see, that's yeah. Already, that's an interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> and you, um, you're based in Folkestone, and where do you actually work? Do you work from home? Do you work in an office? Yes, I work from home. Um, yes, I moved from London a couple of years ago to escape the rat race and get a better quality of life. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying the seaside town. Ah, and you work from home and you have a very small baby, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. I've got a, a three-month-old, which, as you can imagine, uh, she challenges me a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I say I work from home, but, you know, I'm one of those kind of uh, nomadic workers. I work in coffee shops. I work in um, shared office spaces as well sometimes. Yeah. I kind of work wherever. I love the idea of working where I work, um, where I want to work, sorry, um, outsourcing. You know, I've got people working for me in different parts, which we'll talk about later. So, yeah, that's the kind of lifestyle I need. Yeah. Somebody locally actually recently put on Facebook that she's having her office uh, re 
her home office, uh, I was going to say revamped, that's probably not the right word, remodeled into something else. And somebody was saying, oh, you know, why are you stopping doing what you do? And she said, oh, no, no, I absolutely love that. But she said, I don't need an office anymore. I just have a laptop and a phone and I work from wherever. So she's going to turn the space into something else. And I thought, oh, should I do that with my office? And I thought, well, actually, to be fair, with my armchair <laughs> and my singing and other things I do in my office, I probably actually turned it into, you know, a little woman cave or whatever they call yeah, them I mean, rather yeah. than just an office anyway <laughs> yeah no i have the same thing i'm not about to give up my home office anytime soon i've i put a lot of time and effort and love into my home office <laughs> and um and um no yeah i like it what, what different strokes with the things folks i suppose yeah yeah exactly so tell us a bit more about why you do what you do particularly given as you say it's something that's that's really been around forever but feels like it's not been around forever um but it's certainly i would have thought something that you don't sort of go to school and and say that's what i'm going to be you know that was probably a firefighter or a doctor or something um uh so where did this come from and why do you do it uh well basically i sort of a why a i just i love simplifying and decluttering things and um, simplifying information. I'm one of the guys where if I see something that's really confusing, it just really knocks me off. It generally irritates me. And I always, my instinct is to go, look, let's cut to the chase and get to the point and just simplify this bit of information. And I was expecting this to a friend the other day and this, I said this funny thing, which he said, I've, you know, I've got to keep. Um, I said, is it just me or is it whenever, I, when I was younger, I used to go out drinking a lot, which I don't anymore, but when I used to, I used to be hung over, and whenever I was hung over, I had to do the dishes and I hate doing the dishes. And he said to me, why would you always like to do the dishes when you're hungover? And I said, I don't know. I just had this need to clean everything or clear everything up and start again. <laughs> and it's almost like that. I always feel like that when I look at information or I read something and I try and understand it. I always think, Christ, couldn't I just pick, get a piece of paper out and just draw a couple of things? And I get it. And I go, okay, now I get it. And I move on. So I think why I kind of got into it was kind of from that. I mean, I, I got a degree in computing university. But at the time, to be honest with you, I'm a creative guy. I don't know if you know, I've been in bands before. I play guitar. So I used to um, always want to do the creative side of information. I love information, but I like doing something with it, telling stories with it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I always I, I studied design later on. I wish one mini regret from university. I was half-heartedly trying to thought about changing to design, but I didn't in the end. But I studied design afterwards. And... To me, it was the perfect way of bringing the kind of technical side that I studied and the kind of creative side together into one. And I, yeah, that's kind of why I love um, visualizing information. So are you one of those people who can't speak without drawing diagrams? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as that. I would just say I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a back of a fag packet kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, really, yeah. it's like I understand something and I'm constantly trying to draw pictures in my mind. And yeah. if I can draw the picture in my mind straight away, bang, I won't draw something down. But as soon as I kind of struggle for even like five seconds in my mind, I'm like, right, get out the pad or the paper and let's just draw it. And as soon as I draw a couple of images and shapes and I instantly get it, I think, great, the world is right and let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a bit about uh, how you prioritize what you're doing because you're working from home. You've got a small baby you're um more than able and wanting to work anywhere anyway um Mm. your work could consume you because and also it's something that's very natural to you it's something that as you've just said you naturally would be drawn to um you know using diagrams or or images to explain things anyway so how do you stop that being all consuming how do you make sure that you get to do the things that you want to do as well as the work um, firstly, it's been it's been excuse me a good few years now. My third year of doing this now, and um, I've evolved a lot over the years. And mm. thankfully, I evolved a lot before my daughter was born. <laughs> I think <laughs> it just would have been. I mean, it's been absolute chaos for a while, but now things have settled down. But before I was the person I am now, if my my child was born a year ago or two years ago, oh, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I'm very regimented with my working. I basically work kind of nine to five, even though when I first started, I was working all hours whenever, thinking, oh, when, you're, when your freedom means you can do whatever, whenever. And in reality, I found out that it's kind of the complete opposite, really. I feel that I'm more free when I'm more um, regimented 
by that mm-hmm. I don't mean too militant. I just mean structured in what I do and when I do it. Otherwise, I you know if I don't switch off for like six o'clock or something, I find myself you know sort of like nine o'clock, ten o'clock, just doing it because it was all set up and just there, and that was just an absolute nightmare that didn't work. Yeah. So um, I definitely have a regimented routine when I'm you know uh, I work yeah pretty much kind of like uh, a normal nine to five except I work anywhere nine to five Uh uh-huh so interesting so you have got that nine to five thing going on I I like that um as you say regimented and flexible all at the same time (laughs) yes I mean I just think when I'm working I'm working and it doesn't matter where I'm working as long as I can focus and get the job done and when I'm not working, I think it's very important to um, do the life balance things, to do the things like play with my kid, to do exercise, to to shut off. Mm. It's definitely harder to do when you work from home to 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 shut off because you're in the same environment. Yes. If you see what I mean. So yeah. I think that's always a challenge. But other than that, so the mental side of it is still a challenge. The kind of physical yeah, so- side of it. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, so how do you do that for exactly that reason that um, you, because you have the flexibility of location, you don't, some some people I've interviewed say, oh, I shut the door to my office and that's the end of the working day. But you're saying that actually you can work in different places. So you haven't got that physical change. So how do you mentally make that switch? Um, I... I, I use I use journals actually when I work. I've got one for my personal life and one for my work. And I journal outside of work. When I'm using my my life journal, then I'm in a different headspace. <laughs> if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. when I when I'm using my work journal, then I'm in my work headspace. So yeah. something as simple as that actually kind of flips a switch in my mind, really. So which which book I'm using, which book I pick up to kind of right what happened what am i going to do what did i think kind of determines what headspace i'm in yeah yeah interesting i read an article this week actually of um a woman who said that she's just completed four years of writing everything that she's done for every 30 minutes for every day for four years (laughs) and i thought oh my goodness you know they say about do you know do a week of you know, writing down what you're doing so that you can see how you're using your time or where you might be able to do that better or whatever. But yeah, she said she's religiously done it every day for four years. <laughs> I just thought, oh my goodness. She did go on to say, you know, if she pins you down in a, a corner at a party, she doesn't just bore you with <laughs> the detail of <laughs> every half an hour of her day. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. Well, I, I do something similar, not on that scale for my work, not on my personal life, but in my work life, I do something mm. similar. Yeah, and now how? Why do you do that? How, what does that help you to do? Um, basically, uh, because I'm a, you know, what is the word, solopreneur, or you know, run your own business, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a mentor, and he was he mentioned um, probably six months ago. He said, "Oh, it's really good to sort of like do that exercise that, you know, by the lady you just mentioned, but not on that scale. Just so sort of find out where you're um, spending most of your time, and therefore you can help you outsource." I think I was saying to him. I was trying to figure out what tasks to outsource in my business and whatnot. And he kind of said, oh, okay, well, have you done this thing? Have you written down what you spend your time doing every day? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, how do you know what to outsource then? How do you know exactly what you're spending <laughs> your time on? And I said, that's a very good point. <laughs> so, um, so off I went. And it was actually something I did in my previous job. I worked in the communications department of a climate change think tank. And... Um, we worked like an internal agency for this organization. So we had edit, we had editors, we had designers, we had web people, we had database people, we, we, that kind of thing. So our boss wanted to find out exactly how much time we were spending on what tasks so that we could she could accurately charge our time out to other departments within the organization. Yeah. So we one of us came up with this Excel spreadsheet called the Time Tracker, which we started using. Uh, for that task and it was great and I actually quite enjoyed it because it gave me some some information as to what I was spending my time on but then I didn't think anything of it didn't use it for years and then six months ago had a hard moment whipped this thing out completely revamped it and updated it to make it work better for me personalized it and I've been using it every day ever since <laughs> <laughs> oh, six months now 
yeah so and, so tell so tell me it's data have you ever turned it into an image <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely otherwise there's no point using it is there oh definitely that's the only bit i actually really look at so i mean on a day-to-day -day basis i sort of put in how much time you everything's categorized so all the tasks i do in my business are all there so i don't have to just make it up on the fly if you know what i mean yeah yeah it's not drop downs but then I don't really look at that. That's so what you look at. But next to it is a is a um a dashboard, of course, <laughs> which has got <laughs> charts and pie charts. And at a glance, straight away, I can see what how much time I spent on finance, on productivity, on health and well being, that kind of thing over the last mm -hmm. on any time frame really. So that's why I do it, yeah. just so that I can get the um that's the uh the berry, the juicy, if you know what I mean. That that's yeah. information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. It's good, to, good to know that uh, that you're. What do they say? Eating your own dog food as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Turning it, turning my skills on myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, aside from that, how do you manage what you need to get done? How do you make sure those things get done when they should do? Um, I talked. I mentioned journaling earlier. I actually use a technique called bullet journaling, which I've mm -hmm. done for a couple of years now. Have you heard of bullet journaling? I have. Yes. I'm not um, sure all the listeners will, so uh, do do continue. <laughs> um, it's it's just basically it's a methodology for using a journal. So basically, it's it's got things you do like every journal you'd put an index page in the front. You'd put a calendar. When I say you'd put, you'd write down a calendar. It's all about just using your a pen and paper basically. Mm -hmm. You'd you'd write you'd number every page, but only number the page as soon as you on the page. Not you don't sit there number the whole book you know that's just ridiculous yeah. <laughs> and 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 you've got and you make your own kind of legend at the beginning you've got symbols which mean task a symbol you know a dot is a task a dash is a note an exclamation mark is a you know keep an eye on this a little light bulb moments a little light bulb icon is an idea anyway you can make up your own but it's got some standard things and um, it's essentially you've got a week plan a month plan it's essentially just a way of being able to use your your you know blank journal and being able to um, navigate it, yeah, is essentially the, because I'd used journals for years, but then once I've used a journal, it was I chuck it under the bed or in the bin or wherever, and I'd never use it again. Why? Because mm -hmm. I could never be bothered to find the information that was in it because I, I knew it was going to take me more than five minutes to find it. <laughs> whereas yeah. with the, basically, yeah. Whereas with this method, once it takes a while of getting used to, it, once you get into the habit of you know, titling everything you're doing. And then once you've done something, you go to the index and you write in the index on the line what that day's main thing was and what page is in the book. It's actually, essentially, it's your own your own book of books. So you can actually use your book like a textbook, your mm -hmm. journal. And it's changed everything. So I use that a lot to figure out what I'm doing in the next day, in the next week. I tried to use it for a month and stuff like further ahead, but it just doesn't work for that for me. But different people use it for that. Mm -hmm. But I, I use it for a week, up to a week, and every day I use it every day. And um, yeah, I, I swear by it, and I, I'd, I'd be lost without it. So I use that. And then when I've got down to my tasks, I use something called the ABC system, which is a very simple, let's say I've got five things I want to do today. I just go down the next down the list and put an A next to the absolutely essential one, the most important one. B is the second most important one. C is a... Mm, if I did it today, great. If I didn't get to it today, it doesn't matter. And there's the D, mm -hmm. but I never actually get to a D. I, I've, I, I go as far as C sometimes. Most of these A and Bs. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's interesting how, how much when I how, when I talk to people, paper is what people are using. Um, given you know modern technology, it just seems to be that you know, and bullet uh, journal is a prime example that you know there are. I'm sure technology, um, that, you know, tools that can do exactly what you're doing. Yeah. But it's become a really popular way of managing your tasks, isn't it? Um, and and as you say, it's you're sort of emulating. It's almost like the other way around. You you know, you had paper which turned into technology, and now this is paper that's doing what technology does, but it's going back to doing it on paper. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll get to the, I mean, I don't use it for everything. I do use no. you know, project management tools and stuff like that. But I don't, I guess the tactile, I'm a pretty tactile guy. And so even if I'm working on an infographic, 
you know, I always say to people, when people ask me advice, how do you live around? I'm like, look, whenever, once you know what you're trying to achieve, the headline, that kind of what you want to talk about, and you've got the data, start off with a pen and paper. Whatever mm. you do, do not start off with a graphics package and load up or Excel or load up your uh, Illustrator or Photoshop and start. I say, you will just waste yourself. You will yeah. waste your time. You will lose the plot. You will, you know, I don't know. I think we're just inherently tactile creatures. We just mm. need to put pen and paper. Um, it worked for you know, I mean, Neanderthals thousands of years ago, whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> even though we've come a long way, essentially we still need to put, um, you know, we need to scribe something down. And it helps. I think it helps. I think it helps with clarity. I think there's so many options. That's, that's, that's what I was trying to say, actually. There's too many options with digital on yes. your computer. There's too yeah. many colors. There's too many types of brush, types of thickness of the line, types of blah, 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 distractions, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you just have a pen and paper, even if it's just a big biro, well, that's what you've got. You've got a big, you've got a biro, <laughs> you've got your paper. <laughs> you can't think of anything else other than just drawing the shapes of the thing in your head and getting it out. And I think that's what trans well, translates well to bullet journal. It's energy yeah. as well. You, you expel energy writing. So you, by default, you, you, li you limit, you focus more on what it is you're trying to say because you're expelling energy to do it. Whereas if you're in the digital world, it's very easy just to go type away a lot of rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Kind of go. Oh, is that really what I wanted? No, delete. Try again. Delete. Try again. Delete. Try again. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Hmm. So, what about tools and apps other than paper then? <laughs> or perhaps there are more paper ones that you want to tell us about. Maybe. Oh no, about no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's just no. That's just the only paper one. Um, tools and apps. I use um, Bitrix Twenty Four for uh, my project management. Have you heard of Bitrix Twenty Four? No, I haven't. Tell me more. <laughs> yes, well, that's my pleasure. Um, Bitrix 24 is, um, it's a bit of, essentially, I was looking, for, it's it's a um, project management um, application, but it's not just that. It's also a CRM application. Yeah. And it's also a document management application. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also got its own built-in drive, so you can have your um, your own Google Drive or whatever. And it's got its own telephone system. It's got its own chat system like Slack. It's basically an all-in-one office, online office application. Wow. Essentially. So I started, I was looking for a um, a project management tool. I looked at a few and then I said, oh, it's this great project management thing. So I said, oh, great. I thought I'd try it. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, by the way, you log, you set up the account and it's got this CRM. And I was like, I do. I was, I haven't been meaning to move away from Outlook for a while now. So I set everything up with the CRM. So all of a sudden, I had the CRM and this project management tool, and that was great. And yeah. all of a sudden, I, I realized I didn't need anything else because I was using Trello and stuff like that before. But mm -hmm. once I started using this, everything is in one place. Yeah. All my tasks are in one place. All my um, project plans are in one place. All my... Um, and it's also got things like you can manage your leads, your deals, your products, your services, you know, and they're all in one place. So yeah. I was trialing it and I basically never left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody um, on a, another interview earlier today and they were saying about something much the same between the Google suite and they were just saying, you know, used to use lots of different things, now have everything in the same place, and it just makes it so much easier. And again, that, that's sort of reflecting what we've just said about the sort of going back to paper and pen, that perhaps people are getting overwhelmed by how much there is out there that you can be using. And perhaps people generally are looking back to that. I, I guess, you know, we're doing lots of decluttering and all that sort of stuff in the physical world. Maybe that's that's a similar thing with technology. Yeah, I think so. I think people feel as though, um, well, especially in the digital world today, stealing people's uh, attention is the name of the game. <laughs> mm, as far yes. as some some products or some people's models, business models, it's whether it's social media, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever. So I think um, people are realizing that either they're missing something and they're like trying to take the power back or they're like, hang on a minute, I seem to be doing what someone else wants me to do <laughs> mm, a lot of the yeah. time or I seem to be getting distracted. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised about that at all. More power mm -hmm. to them, is what I say. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you talked um, 
a couple of times earlier about outsourcing and I know it's something that came up when I was presenting and, and you said that that's something that you do and and actually I think there was I think there was maybe one other person or was it just you I mean people generally you know when they work on their own they generally don't outsource mm. so we're quite unusual why do you think that is apart from the fact that we're brilliant obviously <laughs> I think I think we're I think we're brilliant and we're foolish if we don't outsource. <laughs> I think um, I think people think outsourcing is for big companies only or something mm. like that, mm. and I think that they think oh because I'm a small business. Yeah, I think they think small businesses don't outsource; only big businesses do. But yeah. I, I yeah I think that's just where it comes from. This is sort of false belief of that really. Or maybe they're not sure how to go about doing it, or they're not sure, or they think it's a palaver, or they think yeah. That... And interesting, at least one person, maybe two, came up and asked me for my contact details that night because I have a VA who has some availability, and um, you know they were really interested in the whole concept. And I said, well, you know, I have somebody who can do some stuff, so if you're interested, you know, get in touch. And they haven't. So as you say, it does it. It then comes down to, you know, what would you outsource? Um, how do they do it? How do you explain to them how they do it? What's the sort of technology for communication communication with them? And and I guess it, it's really easy to be put off, isn't it? Yes, it's really easy to put off. I think like like any kind of skill or new kind of thing to do to help your business, you've just got to bite the bullet, get your hands dirty and um get involved uh mm. yeah i had some pretty rubbish experiences at the beginning and i have much better experiences now <laughs> yeah but i've yeah. Kind of learned from mistakes that i made a uh, classic mistake i think people kind of do when they outsource is not knowing a classic mistake is you not know what you want yeah and i don't think people realize to the extent that they don't know what it is that they they want because if you to hire someone else you need not only you need to know what you want but essentially you probably need to know how you want them to to go about getting it for you yeah I, I and by that i just mean you need to know all the steps involved in the process you don't need to know how to do all the individual minutiae of how the steps are but you need to actually be able to go list out step one to five of what you want done mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. give direction as to how you want the thing to be done in each step essentially and the yes. person goes away and does it and those Whenever I've done that, the, ex the experience has been much, much better. Whenever I've left it, I would say you only leave it to the interpretation of the outsourcer when you know them and you've worked with them well for a while. Yeah. Then you yeah. could have an understanding. Then you can you don't have to work so hard. But at the beginning, whenever I work with people, I would print out as a whole you know word document, definition document that I would do before I hired someone, and I'd break it down into what I was the objective I was trying to achieve, what were the goals of the project. What the what do I want? What do I need to do? Is there any data I need to be supporting this thing? Are there any examples that I can refer them to? And mm. yeah, it takes quite a bit of work. But and I think a lot of people think, oh, if I'm going to outsource, the whole idea of outsourcing is that I don't do the work someone else does. But yeah, you need to do the work up front. Otherwise, the whole thing is just a shambles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or absolutely. Give you something you want, and you say, actually, I didn't want that, and they say, well, you didn't tell me what you want, and then it just goes back and forth, and it's a bit of waste of time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it also, I think, depends on you know who you're outsourcing to. So my um, VAs, both of them are in the Philippines, and they're really, really reliable, and they're very mm. good at following instructions. Um, but I wouldn't say they're particularly um, creative in finding solutions if something isn't quite what they were expecting, um, which yeah. goes back to what you were saying about being really clear about how you want something done. So you know, I've learned with um, with mine that that's exactly what I need to do. I need to be really explicit. I need to do them a video which says, click here, do that, do this. And I need to, you know, put a project management um, system in place with dates that things need to be done by. And then it just happens yeah. like clockwork, no problem whatsoever. So completely reliable. Um, but yeah. if it was something new, I couldn't just say, oh, can you ever think about that and come up with some sort of way of doing it? Because it just wouldn't work in the same way. No, no, not at all. I mean, I work with people in Spain and in Cornwall or Devon as mm -hmm. well. So some in the UK, some in, in Europe, mainland Europe. And I think with the system I was telling you about as well, Bittrex, you can out, like I said, you can you can give someone access to a page, to a document online, which gives all that information of what to do and what not to do. Yeah. I think it's just experience. I think 
people don't realize that is a lot of work that goes into defining what it is that you want to outsource to make it yeah. a success. Yeah. And it's yeah. worth the investment when you do that because you, when you work with that person again, you've got that one piece of work to both refer back to. So you've instantly, you're both on the same kind of page with the style or the type of, you know, mm. things you need done and, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's essentially why people generally fall over. They don't realize how much work mm -hmm. needs to go in initially. And why, why do you think people should outsource? Why, why is it a good thing to do? Because people can do things better than you can. <laughs> and it's just two things that you mentioned earlier that people that people work for themselves uh, are, are very resourceful because you have to be when you work for yourself so you're we're used to like reading up on stuff getting templates doing stuff ourselves but the truth is no matter how good you are at doing something you are fantastic at doing something you cannot be fantastic at doing everything and the truth is you have no idea how not fantastic you are at doing certain things because who's to judge you or the only person who's around to judge you is you right <laughs> until yeah. you work or at least anyone else is probably not going to tell it to your face unless you explicitly ask them to and they're a dear friend however you outsource something that you used to do yourself and you go through the motions that we spoke earlier like completely defining it and you'd be amazed if when you work with good people they would generally surpass what you thought was a good job because truth is that many things you don't know that you don't know yes so even if you define something you give it to someone else and they come back and it's just like wow i mean i've designed infographics obviously and i started work with my designer because for capacity issues i just had more work than i could do mm. and and then i defined everything i worked with this designer and they just saw things in a different way and i thought wow and my my immediate um, response was, isn't this a great service? Isn't this the better service I'm offering to my customers? Not only are they getting me, but they're also getting someone else's interpretation and skills and that kind of thing. So it mm. allows your business to be stronger, I think. It allows your business to offer a wider range of quality and skill, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So let's move on and talk a bit about well-being and, and self-care. Do you focus on yourself through your your business or your life <laughs> or yes. you've got a three-month-old baby and that's gone out the window <laughs> um it's now three months the first two months it went out the window <laughs> yeah the first two months it went out the window but it's the last month has been back on track um yes i'm very much a um well-being kind of guy if that makes any sense i i get up and i stretch for half an hour every day every morning i have wow. done that for about five six years yeah. Um, I had, I saw a physio, I had lower back problems. Um, you know, very sporty. I always have been and fit and healthy. I had these back problems and they were like, oh, it's because your legs are not flexible at all. You, everything is, you know, really tight. So it all affects your hips and your back. And I was like, what, really? So anyway, um, as a result <laughs> of that, I started, um, yeah, stretching this routine. It's a stretching every morning. And um, yeah, I've just been doing it. And I can't imagine not doing it now. Yeah. It's just just what I do um, on the weekends as well. I also um, I meditate. I'm a big fan of meditation, and have done for many years. I go through phases where I meditate a lot. When I say a lot, I mean um, half hours my longest. And I used to do that every day. But now, when I when I'm when I'm not so on it, I'd probably say I probably have meditate twice a day for like five minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. but it's just when i say meditation i don't want to give people the wrong idea and think it's some kind of zen like um official kind of thing it's more a case of just deep breathing close your eyes refocus on what it is you're trying to achieve and, and sometimes i don't even close my eyes sometimes i just do nothing for five minutes yeah and that's enough as far as i'm concerned that's meditation enough it's like sometimes if you don't take that time to stop and think about what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go we just we just do and we just go irrespective mm. of what, what we're doing or where we're going and i think it's very hard to do because i think as business owners we're very driven and we like to see progress and we tend to be more impatient and we tend to be impatient i don't know if they're more impatient and um that's one of the best ones for me is to do nothing the five minutes of doing nothing it's it credit sounds very simple but it's very hard to do to yeah. sit there for five minutes and actually just do nothing don't read <laughs> anything don't listen to anything don't 
but you'd be amazed how you can just sort out your entire day and probably sometimes maybe even your whole life exit i'm really joking exaggerate but anyway i exaggerate <laughs> but but you know what i mean it's that's what i mean by meditating it's actually just giving your your head space yeah it's literally just giving your head space and yeah. um not being cluttered and i find that very very um rewarding and relaxing to do so when you're doing that five minutes of 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 nothing yeah. Do you what do you do with your thoughts? Because you sort of said you know sort things out. So are you thinking during that, or are you trying not to think? <laughs> if you sort of mean. Um. Honestly, it depends. I try. The whole point. What I do, I'm trying not to think, but the truth is, you're always thinking. So, I don't. I say try not to think because the idea is to give yourself space. But ultimately, mm -hmm. you you'll sort things out, and you'll suddenly go, ah, all right, oh, that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, that's why I should do, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you remember things that are crucial that you forgot that you know you forgot to put in your journal, or you forgot to, you know, put in your project plan or whatever. And I think that's what's especially great for that, and especially mm -hmm. how things line up. I find that's fantastic because you can you can logically line things up in your project management tool, and you can do that so the cows come home. But sometimes the kind of lining up, <clears throat> excuse me, that you do in your headspace is a different kind of lining up. It's almost like a strategic kind of one where, mm. oh, that up to that, that would make sure that happens or that would help that happens and that could. So that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm not, of course, you think. I'm not saying try not to think because that's just not possible. But don't think, oh, I'm going to take five minutes out to think on this problem and sort this problem out. It's not that. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm advocating. No. I'm no. saying literally. Take a step back. Try and do nothing, and these things will bubble up to the surface. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're getting towards the end of the interview. So let's talk a bit about learning and improving yourself, because the discussion's been um, quite wide-ranging, and as we've said from when I spoke and you were there as the teacher's mm -hmm. pet, <laughs> you do, you know, you you probably do, I would say, more than the average um, home-based business owner in terms of, you know, the the, the strategies and the the sort of um, uh, the, the the mindfulness around what what you're doing. How yeah. do you develop that? Where you know where has that come from? I'm a avid podcaster. By that, mm. I read, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think you had a chap on. On one of your podcasts um, the other day, a guy from Switzerland or something. Yeah, he, he, he Jan does Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I was really good actually. And I was going, yeah, I'm a fan. Um, I listen to um, audio Audible um, podcasts. I listen to Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan podcast. I listen to a lot. Um, he talks a lot about everything from productivity to life to food to politics to I love all sorts of things. Um, I listen to Chase Jarvis. He has great entrepreneurs who come on and talk about how they run their businesses, how they started their businesses, successes, failures, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I also listen to the Re Rework, which is, oh, oh it, yes. it is David Hanneker, Mayer or something. They they were the guys who run um, Basecamp, the yes. uh, project management app. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't remember who the other guy is, but they, they, anyway, they run that podcast. And that's about, I really into their philosophy. They're, definitely um very kind of like you don't need to work 100 hours a week in order to be a successful business owner mm. you know things should be within reason you need to figure out what's working and focus on that and do just that as opposed to trying to be all things to all people mm. so um mm. i definitely listen to a lot of podcasts uh, yeah yes yeah um, me too <laughs> in <laughs> fact i we were on holiday and uh so when there's other people around, I don't tend to listen so much because obviously it's either antisocial because you're playing it and they can hear it or you've got your headphones on. <laughs> um, but I got so behind. I was starting to get a bit jittery when I came back. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to... I'm caught up now, though. <laughs> yeah. it's To be honest with you, I've got, I've got lots of others, but I thought I'm just going to mention those. But the thing is, um, I kind of overdose on them. I love getting new information. And yeah. I'll probably go through a month or two of suddenly listening to podcasts um, on the way to the supermarket when I'm going for a walk. I love walking around the park and, and that's why I just relax as well, like walking. And sometimes just listening to podcasts, walking. I can walk for miles and miles just listening <laughs> to mm -hmm. information. But then after that, I have to definitely switch off. And I probably go for a month after that 
without listening to anything. Yes. Yeah. And wherever I'm going, I'm listening just to the car noises, just the babies crying across the street or whatever, because I think it's very important to, to, to get it to be informed, to get information coming in, whether you're reading it or listening to it audibly in audio. Um, but I think at the same time, I'm a real advocate for um, information sinking in. So when people say to me, oh, I, I speed read and I can read X amount of books in a month. And I'm like, I'm not impressed. That's great for you. And if you can speed read and get lots of information in and it's useful for you, go. But I'm not like that. I'm the kind of person I, I enjoy reading slowly and I enjoy letting it sink in and then letting it sink in again and then letting it sink in again. I often buy audio versions and paper versions of the same book. In fact, I pretty much do that mostly now. because. Right. I'll listen to the audio version, but then if I want to make notes, this is just something not so I'm walking about listening to this audio book and I want to make notes and I'm going to whip out my phone, go into the app, bookmark the page, type a note. I've tried that and some people that works brilliantly, but it doesn't work for me. So if I really want to digest the book, I'll listen to the book and then I'll read it. But then when I'm reading it, I've already listened to it. So I know I can jump where I want to and then I can annotate and I love to bend all the pages back and like get my pencil and absolutely destroy the book. Then I yeah, know you... <laughs> I've got my um, money's worth. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that, can you, with a podcast? Bend the pages back and uh, scribble on it, as you say. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, it's yeah, because yeah. mostly some people, if, you're, if I was listening to a podcast sat at a desk, then I could make notes as I'm as I'm listening. But because uh, yeah. mostly I listen to audiobooks and Walking podcasts around. when I'm on the move. Yeah, so exactly. I, I will go so far as to bookmark it in the app and go, oh, okay, here's where yeah. I am. But yeah. if, if I'm really going to study, I'd have, I'd have to get the book. Sometimes I thought, really, you're going to spend, you're going to pay twice for the same thing. But it works for me, so I just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I find that there's uh, one podcast that particularly that makes me laugh. It's people that I know quite well that do it, and uh, I'm always saying to them, "Will you stop being funny when I'm walking around Sainsbury's?" Because people think I'm just completely mad because I'm literally chuckling to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can around. imagine i can yeah. imagine yeah i try to it can make you feel a bit self-conscious yeah, um, yeah. and that's the worst thing about it is is if someone like is, is got a problem or a dilemma on this podcast and they start talking through examples of how to solve it sometimes i find myself kind of not quite joining in but kind of mouthing or a solution and i'm kind of <laughs> okay you're looking balmy now just stop getting too into this podcast and maybe you should pause it while you're in a shopping aisle and just start it again when you're outside <laughs> brilliant so what about those days where things don't go right what do you do then um do you mean do i kind of stick my head in the oven or scream or something do you mean <laughs> <laughs> that? um i'm a great um i love reading uh i read stoic philosophy um every day um Ooh. and it helps me i'm a great how i got into that i'm a fan of history i love history um um and i was always into marcus aurelius uh, this this great philosopher emperor and that kind of thing yeah. and uh, i just got into the stoic philosophy a few years back and i got this book it's called the daily stoic and basically it, it gives you every day for a year it gives you a, a page to read now it's only like half a half, half a page of a half a side of a4 or something so nothing nothing big or maybe a, yeah i don't quite think it's a whole page of a4 so you read it he reads a passage from marcus aurelius diary and then this chap brian holiday his name is kind of interprets it in kind of modern english sometimes you can read it and it's very easy to understand other times I mean, it's, it's all easy to understand. We just got to make a bit more effort sometimes. Anyway, the point is, it helps you focus on what's important, what's not important. It helps you focus on what is within your control or outside of your control. And mm -hmm. it's all about focusing on what you can, um, only focus on what you can control, what is within your control. If it's outside of your control, i.e. the weather or a delay to your flight, it's no point getting worked up or getting upset because it's going to make no difference whatsoever. No. So... Um, that really helps me. And honestly, I'm not quite sure what I did before that. Um, <laughs> because um, my mom's very religious, but I'm, I'm not. So for her, she does a religious thing. And that helps her kind of like help her, you know, stay in a straight and narrow, if you like. Yeah. Whereas with me, I, I thought um, I wanted something for me. I guess I was at a point where I was looking 
for my own kind of way of looking at the world. And I discovered this stuff and a lot of it makes a lot of sense to me. It's a lot of it. It's how I saw the world anyway. I just didn't have a way of framing it in that way. Mm. And as it turns out, a lot of the kind of stoic practices are, are a lot of what I consider to be really insightful common sense. If mm. that makes sense. <laughs> You're just reminding me of, Oh, another podcast guest, Paul Tokazolu, I think is how you pronounce his name. I was listening mm-hmm. to his podcast this week, and he was to- talking about stoicism. Um, his podcast is called something about Homo sapiens. Hang on. Um, 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 this is, makes really good um, audio here. Oh, Beyond Homo sapien. He says sapien, I think. <laughs> Beyond Homo sapien might be worth having a... Oh, thanks for letting me know. Mm, yes. And it's funny how these random things crop up. Um, in fact, what, I was thinking about something today that, oh, Barcelona. I interviewed somebody this afternoon who has an office in Barcelona, and we were on holiday in Barcelona two weeks ago, and I'm reading a novel at the moment which is partly set in Barcelona. And I was like, it's funny, isn't it, how these things come in Linked and up. then everything all happens yeah, at the same time. I just so, wanted to last, say. Yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Um, some other people have described Stoic philosophy as an operating system for life. Ah, yeah. I just wanted to put it that way. Yeah, it's just a way of, yeah, I think that's, that phrase sums it up. Sorry to interrupt. Yes, yes yeah. So, yeah, hmm, good. Thank you. I'm going to go and investigate that further because, as I say, Paul was talking about that on his podcast only this week. So I must investigate further. Um, last question then. So on a day we get to live more. So that's mm-hmm. where you get to do the things that you really want to do, not so much the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What does that day look like? <clears throat> when when everything lines up, when I feel like a champion at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> when yeah, everything yeah. went well. Oh, okay. Um, I get up in the morning on time. I, I mean, I must admit, I'm a pretty. I, I'm not a snoozer. I rarely snooze. It's just not in my nature. Um, I like I said, I stretch for half an hour then i have breakfast then i'll meditate then i'll start my day then i'll map out all the things i'm going to do that day i'll prioritize them by using the apc method and um i won't rush i think then i'll get everything i want to do all in good time without rushing and at the end of the day i think I think that's all it is. I think some days I get everything I wanted to do done that day, but because I was rushing and I can't explain why there's just, it's just an impatience. And those days where I don't remember to slow down and enjoy, enjoy the journey or, or I have a sense of, uh, of nervousness, of nervous energy of, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get on. I've got to achieve more. I've got to, um, I've got to, uh, if I, if I got the five things done, I should have got 10 done. I don't know, it's just a weird mindset. At the end of the day, no matter what I do, I always feel rubbish. Whereas the days when I feel as though there's no need to rush whatsoever, all is in hand. Yeah, that's that's those days are the days that I feel as though um, all is well and I'm on the right path and, you know, things. that's when I feel things, it's a good day, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know why. And with all the strategies, I guess that's just the, the human drama, isn't it? Um, why, even with all the strategies, we still find the odd time or the day where you wake up and for some reason you've just been pulled in the wrong way. And sometimes within the hour you correct yourself, sometimes a whole day will go by until the end of the day where I kind of, oh yeah, I check in at the end of the day with my journal and kind of think, what happened today did, did i win today basically mm. so yes no I, I check in i literally call it check in i can't remember where i read that from but yeah i literally just open a page in my journal and put check in at the top and then write what went well and what didn't and that's when i kind of really realize whether i won that day and, yeah uh, ultimately even if you had a rubbish day if you realize you had a rubbish day and you're way out of rubbish day well then you kind of win because then you definitely the next day Bit, you know realize you definitely do not want to repeat what you just did mm-hmm. well thank you Shoti. it's been really brilliant interviewing you um as expected some more resources that i've not heard of that i'm going to go and investigate <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, 
Yeah, so thank you. And uh, some great stuff around the, the bullet journal that I've read lots about. I don't think it's for me. I like my tech too much, but uh, yeah, okay. really pleasure. interesting uh, to, to hear about that. So so thank you. How can people find out more about you and connect with you? Um, the best place to get hold of me is on my website, which is datachronicle.co.uk. It's Data Chronicle, one word. And I'm on LinkedIn. If you just search for Data Chronicle LinkedIn, you will find me. Lovely. Thank you. Excellent. All this information is available in the show notes, which you can get to if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 107. And the tool that I shared in the newsletter last week isn't a tool. It's one of my random uh, recommendations. And it's a TV program, actually. It's called When I Grow Up. And it's um, on Channel 4. So apologies to our overseas friends, as it's a UK recommendation. Although if you have got access to a VPN, then it's a definite recommend. So I was alerted to it by My Kind of Future, who are all about raising skills and aspirations of young people by giving them critical employability skills, whilst connecting them with employee experience and employment opportunities to ensure that they succeed in life and work. And they're really interested in particularly social mobility. And the programme is currently on demand and it's current as well. I think they've got one more show left to go. And uh, as I say, it's called When I Grow Up. And it focuses on children being given opportunities within organisations to take on job roles, to give them real experience of the world of work, as well as to raise their expectations of their abilities and opportunities. And when I say children, I mean seven-year-olds. So you can imagine how that plays out. And there's some rather interesting personalities, but also some really sort of sad scenarios uh, where there's really sort of children who are really not very confident and not very aspirational really in what they think is is sort of an option for them and there is a real focus as I say on promoting social mobility in other words enabling the youngsters to know that they can move as it says in the dictionary move within and between social strata in society in simple terms that's about doing jobs other than those that they're expected to do uh, within or that they're expecting to do within their own life experience and in the first show I remember uh, one of the young boys um, said that he uh, was going to be a barman and you know that's because his mum worked in a pub so that was all he could see as an option for him and you know not that that was a bad thing particularly you know he saw that as um, you know the thing that he wanted to do but that was really built on the fact that he didn't have much experience of other jobs and other opportunities and hadn't really sort of seen the big wide world if you like so uh, going what they did in that show is they went into um, Hello magazine and uh, I think it was Hello rather than OK one of those uh, and they basically uh, directed a feature as part of that so um, you know really getting their teeth into uh, doing some sort of real work and I just started watching the second show today and they're running a Montezuma's chocolate shop without any adults there <laughs> obviously they're looking from the back room quite worried <laughs> but they are leaving the children to get on and do it themselves so a real definite recommend a lovely program with all the highs and lows that you'd expect from such a topic and um, as I said my kind of future are also a really good organization who are really looking to help young people to develop their careers and their aspirations. Again, the show notes for this show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 107. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.